All right. We got here Maurice Hamilton, founder of Infinivate Consultation Services. I'm so happy I did not botch that. That was awesome. Business consultant in the cybersecurity space. Been looking forward to this one. Maurice, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So, so the floor is yours. Let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, your business, what you got going on. Sure. I'll probably start with the, a little bit about myself, tell you a little bit about my story. Please. So I actually started off many decades ago. I'm showing my age here. And I started off as a uh, software developer, software engineer. And I did that for a short stint, maybe two or three years. And I kind of figured out that it wasn't working for me. It was too mundane. I did not like being restricted in an office environment. And I wanted to get out and actually socialize and meet with different people with some of the projects that I was working on. And so I eventually landed with a company now known as, as a, a CDW, but back in the day, it was a small company, revenues about not even $30 million. And we had about, I was the 21st person hired with the company to show you how small it was. And I started doing sales with that organization. When I left that organization 20 years later, it was over $12 billion. And we had over 8,000 people working for the company. Wow. Uh, and I tell that story because that story actually laid the groundwork and a foundation for me to begin my work in the IT services area. And I learned how to do professional services, manage services, and actually, and I adapted the philosophy where I love to solve problems. And so one of the, that has led me to purchase a company I have today, which I've owned for about five years now. And we go out there and solve IT problems. We customers come up and they say, Hey, look, we need some software developers. Can you help us? Yes. Let me sit down with you. Tell me a little bit more about what your needs are. And I like to drill a little deeper and actually go back and not only find out what they think the, the, the problem is on the surface, but to go a little bit deeper and figure out what is actually some of these solutions and some of the processes that we can put into place that actually remediate some of the problems that they potentially may have in the future. And uh, Amazing. So right now, a consulting firm and, and our, and our focus is actually on providing IT services. It could be dispatch type services and it could be software development. The main, one of the main areas we focus on today would be cybersecurity type issues with our clients and anything that has to do with the physical security and, and uh, automation. Is there any specific type of client in like niche or industry that you're working with? We, not really, because a lot of people need cybersecurity no matter what areas that they're in. Uh, if you have a server, you have thin clients or users and you're connected to the internet, you are a potential client for our organization because cybersecurity is just one of those things where it doesn't matter what organization. Now, I can tell you that we do have a couple of different areas that we're more specialized in. For example, it could be in transportation. We're focused in the healthcare, life sciences area a little bit more than some of the other areas. But no, we, uh, we don't have any certain area that we're focused on. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, cybersecurity is something that I personally and Landon as well, we were talking about this is like we put on the back burner a little bit, which is crazy to even think. Like we joke all the time. It's like we get a message on our phone. Oh, your, your passwords have been hacked and are potentially violated. It's like, oh, all right, let me just move on with my day and address it later. H how important is cybersecurity? And I know like it obviously vary, but you know, like tell us about the landscape of where we're headed and how much it's, how important it is to protect all your passwords, protect your IP, and then also how we can go about taking baby steps to do so. Excellent question. I think that cybersecurity is probably the most key area that anybody with a business out there, even business or personal, should be aware of. And I, I try, to, try to say this when I speak with individuals and different people. I say, look at it as being your social security number. You want to protect your social security number. And if you're an organization, you want to protect your customer's data. 
That's how important it is. And there are so many different elements out there. And people have to understand that a lot of the, the, the bad actors out there, they don't care who you are. They don't care what kind of organization. They just want to steal your information and sell it on the dark web or, or be able to compromise your information just to say, as a challenge, I just tap into your systems, especially if you're a government entity, just to have bragging rights and say, we did that. And I think it's very one of the, 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 the key elements of protecting your data it's not only protect the data of your organization because that's your intellectual property and that speaks to your organization, but it's also protecting your employees' information. It's actually going out there protecting your vendors, client or privilege type of information you may have with your vendors. It's making sure that you're compliant within, within government restrictions. So there's a lot of elements that, that parlays into cybersecurity. And, and, and I think that every organization we speak to our job is to go back out there and just do what we can. My mission, you know how people have their, their different philanthropy or missions that they have in life and different things. My thing is that let me look at your data. Let me help your company. What can I do to make sure that you're safe as much as possible? So that's that's our, one of our missions. So what does, I do have a question just because, it, you know, we're both Apple users. We have Macs and iPhones and iPads and iEverything. What is like the baseline security that these types of products come with. You know, I think a lot of folks have a misconception that just how it comes, comes with its own levels of protection. And maybe that's true, but really how at risk are we just with our baseline layers of security? Very, very high. If you actually, if it's just your computer, you're not sharing with anybody else, you can dramatically reduce your risk for, because it's just you that's going onto the system. You know not to click on something that you don't recognize. But as large uh, as your big organization become larger and larger, you're you have to make sure that you have two-factor authentication, which is the, probably one of the biggest areas I tell people: have multi-factor authentication, have some two-fact two FA onto your system to make sure that the systems know that it's you. And the second thing: don't don't trust anything out there. You don't know what's there. There are so many malicious emails that people receive. Most of the phishing or type of emails that come through are not malicious. Let me say that right. A lot of the, the biggest element or open door that you actually have within your organization is opening up an email that you don't know who it is. And you can delete that email, but if you actually open up that document, it's actually going to spreading a virus within your server. You're not going to know that it's spreading some kind of virus within your server. So I would have to say that just using the, the some antivirus software, some really good, uh, highly rated antivirus software, have 2FA on your system there and be very cognizant of what you actually open up in regards to documents, what kind of websites you go to. Never go to a website that does that's not HTTPS because that S stands for you know that it's secure. If it's not secure, don't go to it because you can actually open yourself up for any kind of potential harm and threat. As you're speaking, no, that really does. And as you're speaking, I'm like thinking about all the random emails that I opened last week and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, like so, so what are some ways... You know, obviously working with you is definitely one way, but what are some ways and are we able to find out if we're exposed to a virus? Is there an antivirus software that can now run a, a, a report on like, hey, this is where you're exposed and how can we clean it up? You can run your basic, for example, off-the-shelf type software applications and just run a scan. Actually, you can set the system, that application, to run a scan like every single day. That's, that's really, that's a good starting point right there. But I have to go back and say, there's a little bit, you have to lift that hood up in your engine or your server, and you got to do a little bit more work than that. You need to, the, one of the best software packages that most people are using right now. Let's give you an example of Microsoft Office 365. 
I don't know if you guys have used the Office 365. Mm-hmm. Go back out there, have somebody who's actually really good with my, with Azure, for example. Go back and actually use Azure because it has a lot of security elements inside of it that, that can actually protect your system and set the parameters, set guidelines, basic guidelines. For example, change your password every X amount of days. I would say like every 60 days or something like that, you know, something that's frequent. Go back into it and say, set up firewalls. You may not want particular emails to come through from certain countries. I'm not going to name any, but there are certain countries. You may want to be, have your, your, be on your, cross your T's and dot your I's. You don't want emails from those particular countries to come through, you know? So there's different elements that you can go through with Microsoft Azure that along with the antivirus software package that can actually protect your system. And then from that particular point, again, look at your organization, have somebody come in and do a penetration test. Go back and actually see if you have any open ports because you're not going to know if you have any open ports. But there are, there are different methods and different applications that we can use to go back and test your system. We can test your firewall. We can go back and look at that and say, hey, look, these ports are open right now. As long as your ports are open, it's like leave your back door or your back window open that somebody can come into your organization. If you're doing any kind of transaction such as banking, be, be, don't try not to use any kind of public type domains for it. If you're on a public Wi-Fi and if you don't have any kind of VPN set up in your system, you're really opening your door up to be susceptible to any kind of some hacking, somebody to obtain your, your account numbers. So there's a bunch of little tests that we can actually do, not only the penetration test, but we can actually go back out there and we can restrict the, the your firewalls. We can set up a proxy to make sure everything has to go through, through a proxy first before it even hits that. That's incoming and outgoing make sure your data is protected. So there's a couple of different things that we can do to protect your systems. Yeah, th- this is so important to be talking about because it, it's something that, you know, large, large companies are able to hire in-house for this stuff, but a lot of small business owners just don't have the ability to just hire somebody in-house to go through all this, which is why a consultant like yourself is so important. So what, what are the size companies that you see yourself working with? And, you know, how are you generating interest to, to work with your company? What's all that look like? Uh, another great question. We typically work for organizations with anything over like anyone that's with an organization over 20 users. And because under 20, you can pretty much run your firewall, run the scans every all the time. It really depends what kind of organization it is. I mean, that's a really great question. If you're doing a lot of transaction, you're a supply, for example, you're in supply chain and you're receiving a lot of emails back and forth and you're actually sending documents back and forth, supply chain, anything with finance, anything that has to do with and with monetary type value for it, you definitely want to be able to hire somebody like our organization and let's just go out there. And we don't have to do it every month, but let's, let's set something up or, or four times a year, once a quarter to go back and let's just run the test to make sure that you don't have any vulnerabilities. And the main thing, like I mentioned before about those, the two FAs and changing your passwords, those can actually make a big difference from the onset to make sure that you're, you're building up that firewall to kind of restrict what comes in and what goes out of your organization. The other thing with the with work with the organization is that why do you have to give everybody access to certain files? You make sure that you restrict the file access. Not everybody need, may need to have certain certain information where they can actually go back and leave it susceptible for somebody to come back and say, hey, look, this particular person has nothing to do with accounting, but why would you give them access that they can see the accounting information? You know, so kind of set restrictions, set with guidelines so that you can do what we call access control. You control who has access to what particular type of data. That's great. And, and so to step into more of like the business, big picture, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial conversation, you obviously gain all your experience through 
you know, your previous li- lives in business, and then you decided to take the leap and go into business for yourself. Can you just talk about, you know, what that process looked like early on and, you know, how you, how you had, you know, aside from your, your previous knowledge, how that entrepreneurial side of things came in, came about and what that journey was like. I would have to say one of the things I've learned on, and I mentioned earlier, when I first started the conversation where I like to actually meet with people. I enjoy right. having conversations and actually solving problems and, and figuring out what people pain points. I think one of the key elements when I actually made that transition from corporate America and actually owning my own organization here was that I still kept those fundamental elements there. I like the relationships. I always look at relationships and say, I have all these different people that I've known. And I'm talking about big clients, big customers that I work with that are affiliated with Cisco, the Dells, the HPs, and and some of the, I mean, the, the largest players out there. I know somebody at those organizations. And I, and I looked at that and said, why don't you actually go back and use those relationships that you have with those individuals? And actually, you, you have relationships with a bunch of different customers out there and, and, and continue to do what you did before. Connect those two. Be the kind do it for those, those relationships. And I look at the relationships. I always say that when you have a key relationship with somebody, it's not exactly sometimes that you, it's not who you know. I think it comes down to who knows you. And if you actually have those relationships with people, you don't burn bridges and and you actually have built up the trust, you build up the, the integrity that you can do, you could be that conduit. The other thing is, I, and I think that one of the um, elements of my success is actually being accountable. I, I do what I say I'm going to do, you know, and, and people, you build up a reputation where people know that you're actually out there and, and, you, and they know that Maurice Hamilton, if he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it, you know. And the other thing is, this isn't for, you guys know, you talk to, you know, many probably a thousand people. I know I've looked at your podcast and look at all those individuals. Some of those people I know, by the way. Awesome. And, and, I, and I look at this, you have to be accountable. One of the key elements I heard from everybody that I listened to with those podcasts, they said, you have to be accountable. You have to be disciplined. I mean, me for me to get, I got up this morning at 5 a.m. and start taking care of customer problems. You had to be disciplined through the course of your day and you had, have to actually have a, an essential key time management plan in place and you have to have your goal set in place. You stick with your plan, but you have to have that discipline to make sure that that you're sticking with the plan. You don't have to have meetings for an hour. You can have 15 minute meetings, 30 minute meetings, get straight to the point and actually move on to something else. So I always have to say those those three elements, relationships, accountability, and discipline will be the key elements that I use as a conduit to bring up. Yeah, that, that's so well said, Maurice. And I, I always say it, take, it could take 20 years to build a reputation, but one day to destroy the whole thing, right? So you constantly have to be depositing into these relationships constantly. And then eventually, you know, you'll be able to receive over time. So I do want to talk about on the business side, from, a, from an entrepreneurial standpoint and acquiring customers, your line of business is something where clients can't see an immediate ROI on what you're doing, right? Because of the fact that there has to be something that goes bad in order for them to test what, what you got doing. So like, how do you go about demonstrating the value of this type of thing when a lot of people just cybersecurity, something that people push off constantly? Great question. There's a couple of different ways I do that. One, I present the clients for case studies and there is a, an abundance of case studies out there. You can look at the target breach. You can look at the government breach. We just had one with Adobe last week where Adobe saying, hey, look, by the way, you need to go change your passwords because there may be a potential breach. When we can provide different case studies that's actually up to date, I mean, there are so many of them out there and say, let me, and, and say, here are the case studies. Why don't you read it? Okay. They read the information for it. Now, let me show you how they actually did that. And then you actually go back into their systems 
you actually start pinging their servers and, and you can actually say, let me show you all your open ports. And you can say, okay, here's your HTTP port 80. Here's your HTTPS port 443. You can show those different, those different ports and say, okay, this port is actually open on this particular user right now. So if I want to send something to this particular person, it's going to get through your firewall. When you can show the evidence of there and show them, you know, on their server where they have open ports and you have the case studies and say, now, let me tell you, let me relate this back to, to for example, Target. When, when Target did it, they actually had uh, users that were actually using the systems for it. It wasn't the Target employees. It was one of the vendors that they actually had an open API. That vendor was actually going to that open API. That open API gave them access to Target, and that's how they got the breach. So when we can actually connect the dots and show them how that correlates to the case studies and how they could potentially leave themselves open, it proves the case, and that's the evidence that we need. That's amazing. And, and, you know, facts don't care about feelings, right? So the facts are the facts, right? So that, that's awesome. So you've been in business now for yourself for five years. What does your team look like? You know, your, your team that you've been able to build over the years. And then what is the vision for, for your company? Great question. Right now, last year alone, we used over a thousand field engineers. Wow. And, and I use those, a lot of those field engineers and, and because we build relationships over the years. I, for example, this morning, we actually, we have three. We have three sites that we had to send people out to, two in Michigan and one in Tucson, Arizona. At five in the morning, I'm actually making phone calls to my technicians in Michigan. Say, hey, look, I know it's early in the morning for you. Hey, I got an early morning project. Can you actually go to this particular center at this particular location? And we have a call bridge set up so you can actually meet with the offshore team and we can alleviate the system, the problems that we have with the servers. And I think that one of the things we go through with that, with, uh, when we look at that, is the relationships that we actually have with the people, the field engineers out there. Working on another project right now with the client that we actually, it's a six-month project, and we're looking to uh, bring on some software developers. So I'm interviewing software developers that can actually go back and do some patchwork to remediate the process for some of the clients and say, what can we do to make their process and their efficiencies better for their, for their applications out there? And then with the applications, we want to make sure that we're, we're with the, we call it a security DevOps. We're building security applications with the applications to make sure that we're protecting the applications that they're building. So it all comes down to with the people that we work with. A lot of the guys are, are 1099s that, that we work with. And the W2 people that we actually have on staff are people we've had have great relationships. We work with them for many years. Some of the guys I've known back in my former days working at Corporate America. But it's actually just it's the trust and the, the integrity that we should have with the people that we're working with that makes a difference. Now, I want everyone to go back like three to four minutes and rewind everything that Maurice just said here. Because if you look, read between the lines, this is how entrepreneurship is done in order to scale. Right. You can easily have just stayed where you're at in your local city, built out a team of five to 10 people that are on W2, went house to house or small business to small business and got this done. Right. That is not scalable over time if you're trying to build a business. Now you're now in this like general contractor role where you're now providing jobs for the, the national economy as well. Right. So creating all these different jobs, also staying lean on your payroll because of the fact that you're able to 1099 everyone as well. So that, that is so awesome, man. I love that. Where, where did that, you know, that thought come from? So like that consulting space, as opposed to just building this traditional mom and pop small business within the city that you're in, where did you say, hey, I want to do a consulting where I can scale and, you know, stay lean on that side? Great question. I learned those skills back in corporate America. They gave me the task when I was a director and eventually an associate vice president. Then I became a vice president. When I, when I became a vice president, like when I had international teams, I had teams in India, 
Costa Rica. I had teams in Montreal, Toronto, down to Brazil. It actually taught me the elements to say, huh, why don't you build out a global team? Why don't you have a hybrid approach to what you're doing here? And that, that's going to be scalable. So I took the best practices of work, what, what worked there and say, okay, let me apply this to our organization that we have today. And, and that's by learning the best practices of how to build those teams out, how to actually make it so we can cover the, the greatest amount of hours and uh, how we can make it more cost efficient for our organization and still make it productive for the, I don't know use the word productive, but a win-win situation for the people that we actually go out there and deploy, whether it's a 1099 or W2 people, pulling that all together. It, it took a little practice to pull it together, but I've, I've learned over time how to do it to make it work. Maurice, what's the biggest challenge that you faced over the last five years of being a business for yourself? One thing which has affected all of us was that the pandemic kind of threw a big wrench into the, the cycle. But you know what? One of the things that happened during the pandemic it actually made us a little bit more productive because they were saying how to actually go out there and use more of our remote services. And as you see, a lot of a lot of the uh, the things we have out there are still remote type work. So that's made a big difference there. Uh, I would have to say. It's not with the relationships with the vendors. I would have to say probably coaching on a, a different level. Even though I worked in corporate America for all those particular years, I never had coaching. Now I actually have coaching that, that helps me when I talk about business coaching, where now we're looking to do a couple of acquisitions for our organization. I actually work with people who's actually done 40, 50 acquisitions. So now they can come back and help me and say, look, we know that you have experience doing a couple of acquisitions in corporate America, but let me show you how to do it for your own organization. What are the key elements that you have to look for? But it's, it's one of those things that even at my age and even with my season, my experience, my decades of experience there, sometimes it still comes down to you have to acknowledge that you don't know what you don't know. And mm -hmm. so I actually go back to the people who are experts in the area and I rely on their, their experience. I rely on their knowledge and their expertise to actually help me. So I'm at the stage where never say that I don't, I know everything. I'll never do that. But I, I always had to bring in the people who are experts to actually help me to learn how to, you know, I like that word you use, scalable. How do I scale my organization? And it comes down to, to using cultural and actually getting people on my staff that can help me. That's awesome. And so five years from now, you'll be a decade in business. What does business look like? What does your impact look like at that point? Great question. I, I would like to see our, our, our organization. I, I look at the, the, the computer hardware industry, and I look at that and say, and I knew I saw this years ago, eventually it's going to hit a plateau and it's going to start going the other direction because people, now that you can virtualize any kind of laptop or machine for it, you don't need to have your systems updated all the time. You just need to make sure you go to a cloud, a cloud service that can actually give you the, the optimal security as possible. I see the, the, the industry migrating towards more of automation. Uh, we're actually getting more into... How can we actually provide robotics? How can we actually provide AI that, that we can build applications that actually help our clients into a different level? I see a lot more coming along with machine learning. And I see a lot more coming with sensors. I mentioned that we work with the logistics and we work with some of the distribution companies out there in the life sciences and healthcare. One of the other areas we're, we're really working strong with right now, and that's actually what the warehouses. We're working with them to say, how can we actually deploy sensors in your organizations, not only for cybersecurity, not only for physical security, but how can we actually deploy it in your organization? So at, when you actually stocking products or, or shipping products out, or you actually try to try to work with like the, some of the, the big carriers like FedEx and UPS, how can we deploy sensors that actually help your organization be as efficient as possible? So I see it moving, transitioning more towards automation, AI, machine learning, and blockchain. Blockchain is another one.
What are your thoughts on ChatGPT? I I love using ChatGPT. I always say, let's use it. Let's, let's use it with caution. And a lot of the things I had to say, yes, you can go back and look at that data there, but saying, how do you know that data that is actually collecting is data that's really true? You know, so let's, let's just go slow and just making sure that we're verifying this information here. And uh, I said, use with caution, but I think there's a lot with ChatGPT that can I think that not only just with uh, productivity with individuals and their businesses for it, but I think it's going to actually help us in regards to management at a higher level, especially when it comes to uh, uh, medical and when it comes to trying to solve problems that we can actually, we need to resolve in our world today. I love it, man. I love it. So with that being said, as we near the, the wrap-up mark here, how can our listeners follow you? How can our small business owners connect with you to potentially utilize your services? What does that look like? Sure, they can actually email me. It's probably best. I would say email me at mhamilton at infinivate.com. Uh, that's a really great way or info at infinivate.com. And we always, one thing, you know, I talked about that discipline and accountability. We answer our emails. And we look at everything. So that's probably the, the, the best way. Or, or call me direct, 346-366-4079. And that way I'll be in touch with you. We can talk about how we can actually help your organization. Maurice, you are amazing. Thank you for adding so much value to our listeners and we're excited to connect offline. I am really happy to to, to speak with you all and thank you for the podcast.